This is Westfair Business Buzz from Westfair Communications, publisher of the Westchester County Business Journal. I'm Peter Katz. We recently had a chance to chat at a COVID-19 safe distance, naturally, with Westchester County Executive George Latimer about the pandemic situation and what may be in store for reopening the economy. What the disease has proven to be is not a hoax. And anybody who misrepresented what they thought it was going to be, and they said, oh, it wouldn't be that significant a situation, uh, the number of people that have died, not just in Westchester, but statewide and nationally, uh, proves that it, that it is dead serious. We, uh, we have more fatalities in the United States than they had in either Italy or China, at least based on the reported numbers. So I, I think what we are facing is something that we've never faced before, and as we try to deal with it now, we're doing the best we can to, uh, you know, to address it. But in general, if you have net active cases going down, however slightly it is, and it is a slight decrease, that is a sign that this is the leveling off. This is the flattening of the curve scenario that we were waiting for. The other factor that also reinforces that is the number of people that are in the hospital right now with COVID cases. Today, the number is 1,194. If you go back to last Wednesday, that's a five-day swing. We had 1,107. That's less than 100 additional people hospitalized over the course of a five-day period of time. That's an increase, but it's a very small increase. We're running a hospitalization rate of about 10% of all of the active cases. The fear that we had is that we would be running a 20% hospitalization rate, and we wouldn't have enough beds for them. At 1,200 people, today's number, at 1,200 people hospitalized, you're working against a bed count of 3,000-plus beds in Westchester County and more coming online at the county center. So we haven't reached what happened in Bergamo, Italy, or what happened in Wuhan, China, where you had far more people sick at the same time and the infrastructure couldn't support it. So those two factors, the rate of hospitalization, the number of people hospitalized, and the number of active cases are clearly been flat over the last week. Now, you don't like making trend statements even after a week. I'd like to see another week, and it remains flat. If a week from today we're seeing that flat continue, then that's a good sign. The death number will always accumulate. You know, obviously, uh, once a person dies, they just now become uh, another statistic added onto a statistic. What is important to note is that in those deaths, the 557 deaths that we have now, it is, it is so obvious that, that the key demographic is age. We have practically nobody dying under the age of 40. And over the age of 70, we have more than half of all the deaths. And, and most of those people are folks who've had other conditions, you know, in advanced age, which happens, you know, when you get into your late 70s, early 80s, 90s. <laughs> you have other factors that are working against you just, just by your years on the planet. And, and what that tells me is, is that the spread of the disease, and it is spreading, is not making most people ill, but it's making most people infectious. And as they infect a senior citizen, that's the person that's in the target zone for fatality. Now, Westchester has a lot of uh, nursing homes. We have a lot of assisted living facilities. Have you heard anything about how they have been handling this? Well, we're looking, we're looking at those statistics now. We're trying to get handles on the statistics because uh, they report directly to the state Department of Health. They do not report to the county or the local government. Um, as we start to look at those numbers, I think what we're going to see 
is that of the people who die, uh, about a third of them come from a hospital setting where they're getting hospital care, but they pass away. Another third are coming from the nursing homes. And then a third of them are dying at home for any number of different reasons. Their, their situation decreases rapidly, and they go from being, you know, badly sick to so sick that they pass away without time to get into a hospital for additional work. <clears throat> but the nursing home problem is because of the concentration of people who would be in that target range of age and health that would be most vulnerable. And even though we shut down all the nursing homes March 7th or 8th, to any outside visitors, uh, you know, you, you can't keep the contagion out. People come in to deliver goods. Doctors, uh, you know, healthcare workers themselves may be exposed to the disease. And if they're not getting sick and they didn't test early on, they didn't realize that they were contagious, they bring the contagion inside the nursing home and it could spread like wildfire. That's how we lost the first round of people at Kirkland, Washington. And uh, I suspect once we get a better handle on the data, we're going to see that's the case. So it is age is a factor, <clears throat> comorbidity is a factor, <clears throat> and, and the interesting thing is when I originally saw the numbers, I, I originally assumed that it was people with COPD, asthma, some respiratory disease that would then deteriorate because of the presence of COVID. But I think what we're watching are people that have other general things that make them weak because of health, diabetes, um, you know, a host of other, you know, hypertension, uh, heart issues, things that don't seem to be related to respiratory issues, but they have a weakened system. And because they have a weakened system, they're, they're that much more, um, you know, sensitive to COVID. Now, every, every generalization is subject to an anecdote that doesn't match the generalization. So I don't think for a second that there isn't somebody who's going to say, well, wait a minute, I know John Doe. John Doe was 45 years old. He wasn't sick a day. You know, I can't argue that there aren't exceptions to the rule, but we're looking at patterns, and I think the patterns that we're seeing are telling us that, A, we're flattening out the curve to some degree. B, we're having a concentration of those who are dying are people who are already of a certain age or older, and they're already ill at some level, and uh, C, that uh, many of them can be found in nursing homes or at home in densely populated communities, because that's the other thing you see when you look at the map. The more cases we have, follow where we have higher population. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I, I know you you related the number of cases to population. Yonkers, right. for example, with with its couple of hundred thousand people, has a very high caseload. New Rochelle. A lot of people, a lot of cases, White Plains, uh, same thing. Uh, from your position as an insider, what have you been hearing from the hospitals? And have they been uh, handling the situation well here in Westchester? We see all kinds of horror stories elsewhere, things in, in Queens where hospitals are grossly overloaded with, with patients and out of supplies, etc. cetera. Uh, what do you hear about the Westchester hospitals? Well, I, I think in general the Westchester hospitals are managing the demand pretty well. Um, I think, you know, we're dealing with a less dense county overall. We have sections of the county that are just as densely populated as Queens and the Bronx, but overall there's a lot less dense areas of the county as well. So you take a million people and you spread us out over an area that's a lot larger than, say, the Bronx, which has a population of 1.4 million people, much more concentrated, more multifamily buildings, uh, greater degree of poverty, and, you know, the, the less wealthy you are, the less access you have to health care in general. So I think all of those things trigger a, uh, you know, a certain uh, bit of difficulty. Um, 
you know, but I think our hospitals are managing the process pretty well. There's a constant concern about running out of PPEs. You know, we have not yet had a situation where a major hospital said we have nothing and we need to have it and we're taking Band-Aids to use in place of masks. But I think there's a constant concern that we're close to running out, uh, you know, from time to time, and this is also true in some of the nursing homes as well. So that's a constant situation. We appear to have sufficient ventilators for the level of demand for them that we have right now. We were greatly concerned about a, a dearth of ventilators um, and uh, for whatever reason, and there may be any number of different reasons, we don't think that at this point we're in a position where we are at dire straits. However, you know, if there's empty beds in Westchester County, we're going to use them uh, for people who are sick, coming out of New York City, coming out of Rockland, Orange, Putnam, Dutchess counties. There's no wall around Westchester. You know, we, we are part of a region, and if we happen to have managed in our hospitals the bed inventory and we have available beds, well, we're going to use them for whomever is sick, and we're going to try to, you know, save as many lives as we can. So to that extent, the good management of these facilities and the degree of demand, which isn't quite as great here as it is in other places, uh, I think is what our saving grace is going to be. People already are starting to look at how do we open up the economy, how do we get things back to as close to normal as possible. Uh, now, President Trump, for one, says uh, he's not concerned with metrics or facts or what science says. Uh, it's it's in his his mind. And in fact, there's a famous uh, video of him pointing to his head, as he said that uh, the other day. Uh, as county executive, what do you see coming up in the way of starting things back to normal, uh, given that Governor Cuomo today uh, started off on a regional approach with the governors of several states around us? Well, let me start with a quote by Dirty Harry. Remember the Clint Eastwood character? Mm -hmm. In one of his movies, you know, he had Make My Day and, you know, Feel Lucky Punk, all that stuff. One of his uh, repeated lines in one of his movies was, a man's got to know his limitations. Um, and I believe that, and I certainly know my limitations. I'm not trained in medical science. I wouldn't purport to replace my general knowledge of society for a person who spent their whole life trying to understand medicine and science. So uh, if the scientists tell me that this contagion is not controlled, even if we've started to level off and that we need to keep up what we're doing, then I'm going to give weight to that. I'm not going to put my own gut instinct ahead of, uh, ahead of uh, the, the professional analysis that comes from these folks. Uh, as much as anybody, I'd like to see the society open up. Uh, my background is in the hospitality industry. The hospitality industry is devastated by this. Just from what I did for a living, I can just imagine that the guys who did what I did 20 and 30 years ago professionally are in dire straits. But I can't justify it. Uh, I can't justify the reopening of Westchester, which is really going to happen more regionally than happen locally, uh, on the basis of the, the health, uh, the potential health damages we might do. We may infect or reinfect a host of people. We may multiply the number of deaths. And I don't think having a strong economy uh, and strutting around as if that's the most important thing in the world uh, is a price to pay for thousands of deaths. I just don't believe that one trades off the other. If we get through this contagion and we're able to reopen up, you know, elements of our economic structure, the sooner the better, obviously, but only when it's appropriate, then I think we'll have a good, strong bounce back in the economy. But if you open it up prematurely and it becomes apparent that you did it out of foolish intent and we wind up with more people sick, more people dying, then the whole effort's going to backfire. 
and you're going to be seen as a fool for having done it. And I think we ought to proceed very carefully. As far as how we proceed, I absolutely believe in the regional approach. I was very comfortable today to see six governors talk about what they're going to do that involves Wilmington, Delaware, Philadelphia, Newark, New York City, Hartford, New Haven, and Providence, Rhode Island. That's the way to do it, to do it over a region, not just you know, any one jurisdiction saying, hey, we want the money. Lord knows the county is in a fiscal freefall right now. We're going to come out this week with a couple of first couple of steps of phase one of how we're going to try to address the loss of revenue. But the loss of revenue you know, could be catastrophic where we're sitting. But we're not going to compromise people's health in order to uh, you know, try to get a couple of bucks back in the till. And at the end of the day, as I said in one of the other comments, death is bad for business. There's nothing good about trying to uh, reopen you know, the society, people thinking, oh, my God, if I go out there, I'm going to catch the disease. You open your doors, you don't get the revenue, you don't get the business energy that you want to have, and now people, having been burned once, are going to be twice shy. Join us again for Westfair Business Buzz.